Wakey, wakey. I can't even. I just, I, I just can't even. So, <laughs> hey, congratulations. Thanks, man. Yeah, I was, I was actually thinking it, it's interesting, right, to, like I said, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of square the situation that we're in and, yeah, and yeah. having a, a moment to celebrate. And, and it feels like it's one of those things you're almost embarrassed about because mm. others are not as fortunate. And I, I, there, the process for this year's corporate title promotions was, was postponed and postponed and postponed. And then it's like, Oh, you just forget about it, you know? And then all of a sudden I get this call and I'm really excited to tell you this. Like, I mean, there was genuine excitement. Like, you, you've done so much. You deserve the this, and uh, and so it was great to hear that I had been promoted to principal of the firm. And at the same time, like after that, I'm just like, how do I really feel about this? I I was definitely conflicted, I know, right? Yeah, and it just shows you that like things do need to continue on, right? Things need to continue to move forward. Uh, You've you've got to keep momentum going in a business, and if because if you don't, if you if you sit around and kind of think about and and lull on stuff, it's not good for the business. It's not good for the people right, in the business. No. It's not good for their mentality who to continue helping the business move forward. So, you know, it's funny that you say that because a lot of the team taking a extraordinarily well deserved break from the project, and most of them are out this week. And somebody had emailed me, you know, hey, uh, why are you sending off emails at like 11 and 12 o'clock at night? I'm like, project doesn't stop. It's like, I, I, I'm glad that everybody's taking time. I should be, but I'm not. And we've still got tons of stuff to do. And the actual real honest to goodness deadline is still looming. Yeah. You know, all of the, you know, we, we've met all of the fake deadlines. Yeah, as we exactly. kind of, yeah. you know, <laughs> referred to them. Yes. Um, we've met all of those. We still have where we need to submit some bid documents for a little small, what we call enabling project. So it's to help kind of move people out of the building that is being occupied into other spaces, but they've got to prep those other spaces. So, basically make a new home for somebody somewhere else it's the rubik's cube and, yeah exactly you gotta and move then, three directions this way to get to oh, the other thing yeah. over there yeah i i really honestly wish that i mean you know throughout my entire career i've gone through projects where we'll do like a phased while occupied construction um i don't know if you've ever done one of those but yeah. you know yeah and yeah. you know how it's how a design problem it, it's a it's another it, level exactly. of design problem absolutely yes yeah. Well, this one takes it to a whole new level because there are so many different players involved that you're just, you know, you're, you're almost at the mercy of like, you know, well, I can't move because my funding is, you know, dependent on this particular oh space. Gosh. And, yeah. you know, and you, you've got all of these lo like really weird things going on and you're like, okay, okay, okay. Well, it's yeah. weird because architects <laughs> typically don't have to deal with logistics, right? Exactly. And supply chains yeah. and and all you know all the stuff that that makes it happen and gets the parts to the place to do the things right and and it's like you you you're typically designing the final state you know and that's in air quotes final final five b version <laughs> six you know yeah ex exactly but but still it's it 
when you have to all of a sudden completely change the way you think to mm -hmm. deal with all of those kind of other, you know, critical path issues to make things happen that are outside of the design sphere, which are very much like logistics based. It's, it's a completely different kind of problem and it takes a kind of a different part of your brain to do it. And it takes different team members even to make oh, sure that it can happen. Well, we ended up doing for this recent submission, a, I think it was, we originally had eight sheets and I think we were trying to get it down to six sheets and condense a couple of things, but essentially they were sequencing drawings where what we had to do is we had to show here's where the construction's happening. Here's where the construction, you know, where people are occupied and how mostly this, this sequencing was all about um, egress. Okay. You're blocking this pathway off. Where else, where are they going to go? It's so this like this interesting shell game of where you've got to take 13 floors of people include, well, not including the basement, sub basement and sub sub basement. So, you know, now you've got, now you've got 16 Are there not floors. really better names? Come on. <laughs> uh, I, hey, that, that's, that is the existing names for those uh, floors. So we just kept the, the names that were already existing. You know, but, but all of these different, you know, things have occupancies. And it's like, okay, only way for people to, like, move between this building and this building. And one of them, literally the only pathway between two buildings is underneath the road. So, so like while it's like you're, the Goonies, man. Come oh on. my God, it is it's it's amazing. Found a secret and, passageway. And, <laughs> and I've done these before. I've done the, you know, I I always call them the shell game, you know, kind of thing. And, and it's just, and I've done them before, but this takes it to a whole new level. And and it's actually kind of fun in in a way because you know, not only do you have to understand the logistics of, you know, who's there. You know, where do they need to go? What kind of spaces do they need? When can they move? Because everything is not, you know, dependent on, okay, we're going to be building here. Yeah, well, I can't move because I'm some of these things. And I know you've done this before where you're doing a lab building, which this is, you know, one of those. And, the, and there are lab facilities in this existing building already. And they're doing a year long study. And that year long study can't be interrupted in the middle of it just to like up and move. Everything has to stay in place. And so now everything has to work around the schedule of that one lab that is doing this year-long study. And it's just it, it's interesting to get into the meat of all of these different processes to to just get a building built. Oh, and by the way, don't make any noise while you're actually building a 15-story building next to another 15-story building that you're completely stripping clean exterior and all and completely redoing yeah geez. don't make any noise <laughs> it's like it's like you to your family yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> hey i'm recording yeah exactly oh. so yeah i i kind of agree I, I think it is kind of a fun problem to take on i i wouldn't want to do it all the time but it does seem like one of those things where it is fun to get out of the normal way of thinking you know of right project thinking and and try to uh, let's just say attempt <laughs> the these other types of problems and i think that there's something incredibly refreshing about getting out of that usual problem solving that you're in yeah it's funny yeah. I, recently i heard actually somebody refer to this as 
they they didn't like the words problem solving because because everything's a problem and there's a real negative connotation to it. I don't I don't really think of it that way. Uh, uh, yeah, it was more of like opportunity seeking. I think was was. And it's like, do we really need to come up with another way to describe this? Like, architects are always described as problem solvers, and that sounds negative. And I'm just thinking, okay, I, I get it. I get what you're after. But at the same time, like, people understand what you're talking about. And problems aren't all bad. They're just obstacles that you need to figure out. It's like... Exactly. I, I, mean, I, get, I get it that all math problems are bad. Okay, I get that. But no. <laughs> one, of, one of the first books that I purchased or, you know, in my architectural career, and I was a student then, and it was used book. And they've actually gone through a few iterations of this particular book, but what was it called? Problem solving mm. and solution seeking. <laughs> it's similar. Opportunity but, but I mean, seeking, solution seeking, yeah. But I mean, you know, and that was the thing, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the book Problem Solving. It's it's just this one. It's a architectural studio companion kind of thing. I mean, mm -hmm. and almost everybody at the firms that I worked for, you know, way back in the day when I was interning after second year and third year, they had them and and thought that you know this is something that you need to understand because we are problem solvers. Every you know all of these different constraints and everything else that we talk about, they are problems, but. Problem not in, like you just said, you know, math, math is a problem. It's a yeah. solution. You know, it's, it's, it's seeking the solution and to kind of refer to it in some way because it has some negative connotation. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we don't need to, I, I don't think we should be worrying ourselves with such minor issues. Like yeah. the way that that sounds like, let's, let's move on to bigger, more important problems. Oh, and, there and I go again. <laughs> I was I was going to catch that. I was like, oh, but I mean, but but that's Issues. the thing, though. I mean, it, yes, I mean, you know, it, it's 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 funny because I don't know if you have ever caught yourself in a conversation, specifically, like say with a with a owner who you're talking about things, and it's just you're like, well, if we move this here, it's going to cause another problem. And then you you catch yourself or you try to catch yourself before you say the word problem. You say, well, it'll offer us another opportunity or a, you know, <laughs> a different exploration or a challenge and stuff yeah. like that. And it's just like, it, it's funny because yes, I think you, of, you know, yeah, I think of the word problem as puzzle, right? Like it's something that exactly, needs to be figured out exactly. and, and solved and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, and we're thinking, you know, you and I are thinking about it in one way of using the word problem and people who reacting to this kind of like negative connotation is reacting to it in another one. It's just like, Oh, you know, Evan, I mean, yeah. you know, you're always interrupting. That's a problem. You know, that's well, it's a, like family problems or teenager problems or, you know, right. the other kinds of problems we really do have. Right. Right. Yeah. You, you, but then we also refer to math problems as things that we are presented with a challenge that needs to be solved. And that is a problem but it is a problem in the positive connotation. And, and those are the ones that we look for, that we seek out. That's the ones that we are actually hired to solve because an owner says, oh, I have a problem. I want to design a 15-story lab research building in the middle of a active hospital campus right next door, like sharing foundations with three, four extra buildings. And two of them are historic buildings. I'm pretty sure that they didn't come to you and tell you all that. 
<laughs> well, no, they didn't. But 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 that is their problem. You know, that is the problem that they That's have the is that they want problem. to do this. And it's just like, hey, Cormac and Air St. Gross, I want you guys to solve this problem for me. We feel like you're the best to do it, so please do it for me. You have the expertise. And those are the problems. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, wicked problems, right? There's no there's no one answer. It's it's that that does kind of bring me back to this lecture that a friend of mine who at the time I had just met as an acquaintance and asked uh, this guy Reg Prentice to um, lecture in my class and he talked about and this is not a new idea but it was new to me it was the idea of wicked problems versus tame problems and mm. design is a wicked problem you you know there's no single path to the answer and whereas like, he, he he posed the question to the students like uh, going to the moon wicked or tame so i will pose that to you right now cormac going to the moon wicked or tame problem I would say wicked. Yeah. But, so, so obviously, trick question, right? <laughs> but, but, but see, but see, in the way, I mean, then, then you say, okay, well, how are you using wicked? I'm yeah. using wicked as an awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, child of the of the seventies and eighties. Yes, exactly. I, I. So, and and that was where it was like I, I kind of thought the same thing. Uh, yeah, that that seems like a really tough problem. And he's like, no, there's like there's like one answer. <laughs> You know, it was, it's basically a math problem and math problems are tame problems for the most part, obviously generalizing here. There's, well, there's obviously like theoretical math issues that are way bigger and, and way more wicked, but, but it was like, they, you, you define the end and you work backwards and, and there's not, there's not very many paths to get there. There's, there's literally like one or two paths to get there. And so he talks about design being a wicked problem in that you don't even know what all the constraints are until you are like in the middle of it or beyond that, right? So th- things keep popping up, things keep changing. You have to continually adjust to that. And that is, I think, what is so interesting about the kind of work that we do is that, you know, we, we talk about lots of inputs, but those inputs change all the time, right? During the process, right. they're there's agency to deal with, there's code to deal with, there's zoning, there's environmental, there's existing conditions, right? <laughs> there's Right, right. And then there's staffing the project and the technology you're going to use and do the people have the skills to do? Like there's just so much moving parts, so many moving parts into that go into these solutions. And then it's like, it's kind of like technology in another regard. It's like, well, once it's built, is it just already obsolete because things are changing so quickly? Like, I don't think any buildings got obsoleted so fast as 2020, right? And it's not to say they're obsolete forever, but they're probably going to change how they get used forever. Um, and that makes you think like the stuff that we do has to also maintain a level of flexibility moving forward. So talk about a wicked problem. Like it really is. And I think that's what a lot of our clients come to us not really knowing that want us to Mm -hmm. try to solve. And they also, I also am always kind of flabbergasted when I, when I hear people talking about algorithms solving these problems, because Hmm. you design the algorithm, therefore you are hard encoding in what those constraints are to solve that problem a certain way. And that's not what architecture right. is over and over and over oh. again. Oh yeah. No, you know, funny. I was had an employee review yesterday and this is 
one of the one of the guys that works on the project who's been entrenched in this project from almost day one. And, you know, so this is a long project. You've we've heard me talk about it, you know, over the course of the past couple of years. And there's still many more years to go on this project. One of the things that I worried about was him just basically getting fatigue on this thing. And how do I, you know, kind of get him out of the funk of just being jaded or negative or, or just tired or whatever. And he's not, but you know, he's just, it's hard to kind of like find that, that, that uplift on a project that you're on, you know, the one and only project you're on for so long. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I was trying to explain to him is just like, understand this, that the problems and the challenges that you are being presented in this project are going to take your career in a path that it, it that any challenge that you come up with, you know, in almost every project kind of, you know, presents a project or a problem or a, you know, challenge. But, you know, this particular one is, is one that, I mean, I've, I've heard the senior executive at the construction company say that this is the worst project that he has ever worked on. And then we won't say worst project, but most complicated project that he's ever worked on in his 45 year career. And then we have the executives at, you know, on the client side of things saying that this is one of the most complicated projects that they've ever worked on in, in their career, whether it's with a hospital or with somebody else. And so there are all of these challenges. And I'm trying to explain to this guy who's a younger guy and he's got plenty of career left, you know, hey, these are problems and challenges that if you're able to learn how to solve these and react and kind of move kind of like on the fly and do all of this problem solving as things arise, just think of how easy a ground up building or, <laughs> you know, one of these other buildings are going to be. I mean, you, you, yeah, there's a be huge bored. growth opportunity for sure. Yeah. And it's like, and, you know, one of the things that when I was, you know, interviewing with Air Synchros was is that because I had all of this experience in renovations and very complex renovations at that, this was something that said, well, this opens up an opportunity for us to go after projects that maybe we wouldn't normally go after. But we now have the opportunity because we are pulling in and we have, you know, either both in the office or bringing in people who have this type of knowledge of being able to deal with complex problems. And I told him that and I and I and I told him, I'm like, hey, you've got to look at the positive of this, that you're setting your career up for things that you don't even know where it's going to take you, but it's going to take you somewhere very unexpected and probably going to provide you with some amazing challenges. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, I don't know if that was exactly the uplifting thing that he was looking for. <laughs> but you kind of reframe kind of a, a potentially negative outlook into a, a, yeah. a statement of opportunity, right? It's like, exactly. and, and it's true. This career, this profession is what you make it. Right. And and it is very important for you to have a hand in designing that. And and if you're extremely unhappy working on something, you do need to let people know, right? right. It doesn't right. mean that you need to stick with this because it's no, you don't. Like there's gonna there there probably is somebody else who could do it, and and somebody else who could even thrive in that environment. Just because you're feeling a certain way doesn't mean everybody's going to feel that way about it either. But but at the same time, I think it like your perspective that you were sharing with him is really important one. And it's like, look beyond right now. Right. 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 And, and exactly. also be really aware of like the, these potential pathways that you could go down and make some decisions about that. Right. Like, 
learn what you like, learn what you don't like, learn what you're never going to do again, right? And that oh. is, oh, exactly. I think that's all super important stuff. And, and again, it is it is what you make of it. It's not something that this this thing doesn't just happen to you, and then you you just have to sit there and take it. <laughs> and I think yeah. I think a lot of people need to hear that message. Um, and you kind of need to hear it over and over again because sometimes you get so deep in that rut, you just can't hear anything like that anymore. And so it's important for somebody else to say it out loud. It's like, hey, snap out of it, man. Like this is this is not forever. This is something that we're going to get through together. Yes, it sucks right now. And it is really good as a, as a leader to say those things out loud and acknowledge right. that there is an end in sight, that we will get there together and we will we will learn a lot by doing it and, and it's going to make us better in the future. I think all that stuff is is I'm glad you guys are doing those reviews because I think especially now when people are kind of isolated, it's even easier mm-hmm. to fall into those traps. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so there is a, a mantra that you know one of the uh, contractors um, was saying. He's like, you know, you're like go into a meeting with him. He's like, you know, hey, live in the dream, and just remember, even a nightmare is a dream. <laughs> Thanks buddy <laughs> so, so we're like so so unfortunately you know we've just got everyone just kind of looks around like like mm. you'd really just say that <laughs> or oh you're wrong yeah <laughs> i agree yeah oh well maybe finish up here and just let everybody uh, know that uh that last episode that we did was pretty cool the gifts for architects and and you yeah. were right i researched this it was the seventh. You said seven or eight. I said four or five. Um, so nobody picked six, which would have been wrong as well. So you you were correct, most correct. Seventh gifts for architects episode. Uh, Excellent. Ch- check the show notes for links. This year we did a video version for all of you um, loyal podcast listeners because we wanted to show things. And so uh, there is obviously the audio version. Maybe you've heard it. But if you didn't, check the video version because Cormac and I shared our desktops, shared real-world objects on camera so you could actually see them. And I think, uh, you know, people appreciated it. We were getting some good feedback on that. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Oh, and by the way, I, of course, after the fact, I uh, actually set my camera up to um, be a webcam. So my uh, oh, you set my your DSLR is now webcam. So, Sweet. Yep, so. Upgrade, man. I, I told everybody, I was just like, it seems like Evan's trying to push me towards video, so probably should up my game. Just a, a gentle nudge. <laughs> <laughs> but I, my mama told me I have a face for radio. <laughs> mama wasn't wrong. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Well, hey, I'll see you on the next episode, number 200. Uh, don't make a big deal out of it, okay? No, no, not at all. <laughs>